Hello, beautiful shining star. I asked some of my former students, so this is more, you know, people around my age that may not understand and it might not apply to everybody, but the super long nails, like the nails that are as long as their actual finger. So it's like doubling the length of your finger with your nail, like those really long nails. I, I just, I was like, hey, like, what's the actual appeal? Because, you know, it's like, that's like the cool nail thing for this generation. And it's like, yeah, when things are trendy, you like them. But I'm like, but what makes you actually like, what makes them really appealing to you? And so I got some answers. And um, so I was going to share with you that maybe are a little bit older, like, me that we're trying to kind of figure it out now they are pretty I think it's also cool that you know they can do all these designs and whatnot I just prefer my nails to be shorter um but so the responses where it makes them feel more confident if they think it looks better it gives them another one's confidence when people note like people noticing their nails um it gives them strength it makes their fingers pop out more they don't feel like as bare. They're cute. It's a call for attention. <laughs> Phone tapping. They make them feel like a baddie, which, right, right. Tapping on things, <laughs> being able to flip things. So I think it is like a, um, like it, it gives them confidence because they're getting positive attention for their nails. Now the tapping, um, correct me if I'm wrong, but can't you tap? with shorter nails than that you can still get that same effect <laughs> uh, so I ordered a pair um I ordered a pair I tried to get some longer ones because some you know they're they're long but they're not that long so I tried to get some of the longer ones we'll see um so I'm gonna probably try those on for funsies and um I'll obviously be sure to take some video because I'm sure it'll look hilarious on me that's another thing though I feel like if I showed up with those like the kids would be like oh my gosh that's so cool but then if you knew me you'd be like why are you wearing the those ridiculously long <laughs> nails same thing with the eyelashes like I get it and it looks great on a lot of people but I don't know also eyelashes are a pain in the butt to put on I tried to do that recently and then I remembered how frustrated I get with it um, so maybe maybe I should just do like a whole look, like some big lashes, long nails, like full makeup, like doing the brows, getting those lips. Oh my goodness. Okay, this is a random thing too, a random thought of mine. The girls that wear like, you know, if you overline your lips or you wear a lot of gloss on top of whatever you have, you know, those darker colors and things like that. And then you're in the heat of the moment, like with your partner, you start making out and everything. How does it not go all over your face? Like, how do you not look ridiculous? I need answers on that too. So somebody answer me that. If not, I might have to go on Instagram and ask people about that too. Ah, okay. So... Today I was going to talk about ENM because a lot of people I think don't know, either they haven't heard of it, they don't know what it stands for, or they have a specific idea of what that means. And what kind of brought it up to me is the fact that if you're on dating apps at all right now, you'll start to see initial like abbreviations 
again, for different words, and ENM is coming up a lot these days, so it's kind of like, okay, you know, it might be good to know about it, or just, you know, if that's something that could potentially work for you. And as always, maybe it's not for you, but it can help you understand what some other people's choices are and why they chose to do that. So, ENM is ethical non-monogamy. Let's break that down for a second. So ethical, you know, it's based on a set of morals. Then monogamy itself is, you know, that commitment to one person, that mono is that one single. And then so non-monogamy would be not necessarily like polyamorous, which can be under that. But so that's why the E&M is kind of like a, a blanket or umbrella term for some different ways that you can practice ethical non-monogamy. So this can be, you know, with people who are wanting to have sexual experiences with other people, or it can be emotional, it can be relationships, it can be uh, so many different things. And so let's just kind of, I'm going to talk through each of these, because I did learn um, about one that I had no clue about (laughs) when I started looking through some of this. So There are open relationships, which I feel like is kind of what people would initially think of when you hear that term, E&M. And then there is polyamory, monogamish, which I didn't realize that was an actual term. Um, Relationship anarchy, which is the one that I had not heard of before. Then there's polygamy, polyfidelity. And... I'll kind of talk you through what each of those are. Actually, let me start with the polys real quick because that's another thing because there's so many different ones and I think we always kind of think the same thing. But polygamy is the marriage to more than one spouse at a time. And then polygyny is where there's one husband and multiple wives, which is what I feel like we when we hear polygamy, that's more of what we're thinking about. And then polyandry is one wife with multiple husbands. So I was like, oh, they do actually have you know different names. And, you know, those things can be based off of religions and different cultures and things like that that are still practiced. And then um, polyfidelity is where there can be multiple partners, but there's restricted to only members within the same group. So it's like you're being, it's the fidelity within a, like, approved group of people instead of you know, just whoever. So I thought that one was kind of interesting as well. And then let me talk about the relationship anarchy. Let me read this one because I was like, huh? Uh, <laughs> so relationship anarchists prefer to treat all relationships as equally important. They treat all relationships as their own entities and don't automatically prioritize romantic relationships over platonic ones. So instead of like your boyfriend or girlfriend or whoever being like the most important relationship or person in your life, it's saying that anybody could be the most important person in your life. So there's like no hierarchy within the relationships that that person has. So that one I thought was really interesting. Um, definitely unconventional way to look at things and then the monogamish is for people who are monogamous most of the time but sometimes they might partake or participate in things outside of the relationship that could be emotional sexual um and 
it's a, you know, they maybe try E&M for a little bit and then they go back to being monogamous. It's, that's also a thing with E&M. It doesn't mean that you're always that way. It means you might choose to do something, you know, for a short period of time and then decide that that's not for you. And it could be something that you do once and then you do it again in like five years and it, it can be different. Open relationships, um, those are the ones where you kind of have an agreement with your partner. Um, usually, you know, they can have sex with people that they're attracted to. Um, the relationships are casual with the people that they are, I guess, hooking up with kind of thing. So they're not making that deeper connection. They're not making that emotional connection. It's a lot more about the physical. And then, like I mentioned before, polyamory itself is more about having a relationship with multiple people so it could either be you know a couple having a relationship with another person or it could be multiple people having a relationship together um so they could have multiple partners and sometimes there is a a focus on like one partner has the priority over other people as opposed to you know your anarchist um so yeah, that was a lot. Um, but like why, you're like, why would people want to do that? So some of the general reasons that I found um, when I did my little research were to fill, fulfill other needs, to explore their sexuality, and to share the love that they can offer. So to fulfill other needs, um, you know, maybe you have somebody that you have a really deep emotional connection with, but, you know, your, your physical chemistry isn't really there, but you really love that person. So maybe you decide to have an E&M relationship so that you can get that sexual fulfillment from somebody else or vice versa. Maybe y'all really connect with the sexual part of things and the physical part of things, but you really don't have an emotional connection. So you might have somebody that meets those emotional needs or just you know if somebody maybe doesn't have a whole lot of time or they're traveling a lot and you don't want you know your partner to be alone or you want them to have um, different experiences that you can't provide for them that might be an opportunity where you would want to pursue that the next one was that exploring their sexuality is um, like, let's say that you have a man and a woman that are married to each other, and the woman would like to experiment with, you know, the same gender as her. So there, I know that's often a thing as well as just kind of exploring your sexuality, either doing it together with someone else, or one of the people in the relationship has the experience. And then this one was interesting... And so this is what I've, I kind of found where I'm like, okay, maybe I could see how some people, like I could see how it's becoming a little bit more popular, is to share the love they can offer. So there are people that think that like human nature is wanting to have multiple romantic connections or romantic partners, that it's not normal to be monogamous for life. And so... Um, you know, thinking about the different relationships and friendships and things that you have, they feel like one relationship kind of limits them and they just have so much love to give. And so for them giving to two or three, you know, multiple people makes them feel like their truest self because they just feel like they have so much love to give. 
and there was one more to not have to end a relationship so you know somebody might have a really strong relationship with their partner but they're like nervous to commit to that person for life um so they can maintain their relationship and also kind of be allowed to see what else is out there and so all of this has to go back to the ethical so it's not you know cheating it's there are a set of rules and both partners have to be okay with it and one of the things I was finding is they said it actually takes a stronger relationship and a more committed not committed well committed yeah you have to be committed to to the same things so basically you need to have a stronger relationship if you're going to try something like this this isn't something that's like a last ditch effort to save your relationship um but it has to be agreed upon from the beginning. Um, you know, it can be difficult to start having those conversations, but if you have somebody that you feel like you can communicate and be honest with, that's kind of how you start that out, I guess. And, you know, let them know your needs. And if they can't provide that and they they agree and they want to do that, then they might let you. Because sometimes it's one-sided, like where one partner still remains faithful to that one person but the other person is allowed to um you know pursue things outside of the relationship or again they might experience things together or they might want to watch like some people you know you think about how jealous you might be but then some people might thrive off that jealousy you know you have people that uh maybe watching and seeing them with somebody else then you know bring something up in them for them to want to like take control um, there's just lots of possibilities. And so I, I, like I said, I like to talk about some of these things just for us to better understand why people do things, especially, you know, in society where everything's very, um, you know, you're supposed to get married and commit to one person for the rest of your life. But we also know that, um, you know, 50% of marriages and divorce. And I wonder if that statistic's still true. It's probably just around there still. Um, and it's not saying that, like, you need to have relationships with other people outside of your <laughs> marriage, but saying, like, maybe there's other ways to have successful relationships that aren't the norm, and you have to do what's right for you and your partner, and other people shouldn't judge that. That was one of the things, too, is it was, like, people don't really want to talk about it because they feel like people are going to judge them. And so that was another thing, too, is uh, there was a suggestion about if people are considering this, that they maybe talk to other E&M people. But going back to the very beginning, like, there's a lot of uh, relationship people, relationship people, couples, <laughs> that's what they're called, uh, couples on dating apps right now that are, like, into the E&M um, it's just interesting. So that was part of why I wanted to talk about that and bring it up. Um, I could dive more into all that, but I think that was a good a good lesson for the day. <laughs> but if you're out there on dating sites and you see some random letters and you're like, hmm, um, pop those into some a Google search or Urban Dictionary or something <laughs> before you message that person because you might be getting yourself into a really awkward situation if it's something that you're not down for because there's a lot of stuff with like BDSM and um you know subs and doms and sugars and all there, there's lots of stuff going on <laughs> out there right now 
You may have noticed that I said last time, if you're one of my consistent listeners, that I was like, oh, I'm going to have somebody on the show this week. Unfortunately, that person ended up having something come up. And so next week, I should hopefully have a guest on. Um, so for those of you that were hoping to hear another voice with me, um, I have Jack sitting next to me and my dog, but uh, yeah, he's he's not much for words right now. <laughs> Have a great rest of your week and stay sassy, friends.